Blog Talk Radio. Choices, decisions, frustrations, and pain. Knowing I'm going to forget her someday. While I still can, I'll challenge all my loved ones, every friend, to look inside their hearts and understand that I. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I can't believe it's almost mid-September already. I'm Lori LeBay, and the host and founder of Alzheimer's Speaks, and we just have a fabulous show for you today. But before we get started, we always get new listeners, so I just like to let people know who Alzheimer's Speaks is and what we're about. And bottom line is we're an advocacy-based company providing multiple platforms to shift our dementia care culture from crisis to comfort around the world. We believe by joining forces and sharing knowledge and having these everyday conversations about life with dementia, we can remove the stigmas attached to memory loss and help those living with this disease. Together, we can help everyone understand the true needs and the resources that are So many out there for them, but are hidden in the crooks and crannies. And so we really want to give voice and hope. That's really what we're all about. Um, We um, have been able to be recognized by ShareCare and Dr. Oz as the number one influencer online for Alzheimer's. And that has not to do with me, but that has to do with our wonderful audience. You're sharing, you're caring. Those little clicks and tweets and sharing with your groups are so powerful on Facebook and LinkedIn and Google. So please, if you haven't done so already, I really encourage you to do that because you don't always know who in your sphere is looking for information and resources. And it's a great way to help them. It's also a powerful way to raise awareness and give hope. And, um, you know, this is the month of, of hope and awareness for dementia. So, uh, today, our, our goal is going to be really simple. We've got three fabulous guests. Um, we have somebody from um, Us Against Alzheimer's. We have somebody from Jiminy Wickets. And we also have a guest from the Alzheimer's Research and Prevention Foundation. And so this hour, this, these two hours, I know, are just going to blow by with all the great information. If you're interested during, uh, during our, the program and joining the conversation, I invite you to use your chat box if you're listening by the Internet. Just go ahead and throw your comment or question in. I'll try to be monitoring those as we go. Or you can always call in live to the show. And that number is 714-364-4757. Again, that's 714 
4757 and you'll be asked to push one just to get into my waiting room. And um, last, before we get started, I always like to toss out a, a few names here to help people with resources. Um, and the first that always comes to mind is Alzheimer's Disease International. Many people are looking for a support organization in their area, and Alzheimer's Disease International is the organization of all the Alzheimer's associations throughout the world. So you can just go to www dot alz dot co dot uk and tap into all the information that they have on the site. You'll you'll find so much more than just locations, but you'll find resource and support information as as well. And then many people have contacted me about Lewy body dementia just being different and they do have their own association. And so you can go to www.lbda.org, that's lbda.org for the Lewy Body Dementia Association. And the Purple Angel Project is really close to my heart. If you have not checked that out, I really recommend that you do. The Purple Angel was started by our friend Norms McNamara across the pond, and it is going all around the world, and it is helping people identify and raise awareness of dementia in a dignified fashion. Um, Gary uh, LeBlanc, for many of you who have heard about the hospital wristband program, it has incorporated that, and they're kicking that off in Florida, and that's already expanded into other hospitals. This is a major, major feat um, to be to have one symbol that's accepted around the world, and it's just a beautiful, beautiful symbol. And behind that symbol becomes awareness and training. Um, in addition, people are always asking about where do they go for trials, and again, the Alzheimer's studies. Um, has a tau trial going on right now. So if you go to alzheimerstudies.com or you can check out the Alzheimer's team on Facebook um, to get information regarding, uh, regarding that study as well. So let me introduce our first guest. Trish uh, Rand, uh, gosh, now I'm going to go ahead and crucify her name as I've been studying this 10 million times. Uh, Ray Denberg, I'm just totally screwing this up, Trish, you're going to have to just kill me and correct me when we get here, is the co-founder of Us Against Alzheimer's, a national advocacy campaign and network committed uh, to stopping Alzheimer's by 2020. She's also a playwright, an author, a comedy writer, and an advocate who has written for television, um, like shows like Designing uh, women, which was one of my favorites, along with Family Ties and Kate and Allie. Um, she has uh, also written a play called Surviving Grace, which is her kind of comedic and drama, uh, drama homage to her own mother, who who uh, succumbed to this disease. And it was produced at the Kennedy Center in Washington. And um, I, I just can't wait to talk about this play because I know um, how deeply um, Trish just loved her mother. And um, I just think this is such a cool, cool thing um, for anybody to do uh, a creative fashion, one that allows people uh, the insights 
to the disease. And I'm sure her mother would be extremely proud of um, of her work and all the advocacy that she is doing with the Us Against Alzheimer's Foundation or organization. So, Trish, welcome to the show, and please pronounce your name. I, I'm totally tongue-tied on it this morning, and I very much apologize. <laughs> That's okay. It's Trish Vredenberg. I, I, the R, yeah, Vredenberg. I mean, I, I married for love, not for that last name. Uh, <laughs> well, my, my, my former name was Lerner. It was so easy, but uh-huh. it was worth it. Well, Rainbird. Now, see, I can say it. I think I was just nervous of getting it right, and then I just got it wrong. And oh well, you know what? Move on. Well, thank you for being so gracious about that. Um, Trish, can you tell us, uh, you know, a little background um, about what inspired you to write "Surviving Grace"? And I and I really want to know about even how you picked that title because I think that in a, in and of itself says so much thank you um well you know when when i guess i had started to i was on writing on designing women it seemed like my life was finally coming together my kids were in their teens which is enough to drive you crazy anyway and um and all of a sudden my uh my mother started acting strangely and i was bi-coastal then so she was in joyce where i grew up and um, I was in L.A. back and forth. And so we finally had her diagnosed. And, God, and my mother, who was a, um, you know, a, totally into medicine all the time. I mean, she was hypochondriacal, actually, and um, all of a sudden refused to go to the doctor. But we finally dragged her there. And after um, a number of actually not very friendly doctors, you know. Um, we found a great one, and he diagnosed her as having Alzheimer's. And I watched this, my mother, who was this lioness of a woman um, who had been asked to run for Congress, who actually was named on Nixon's enemy list. For me, that's a badge of courage. Um, and, uh, you know, I watched this woman descend into the chasm of Alzheimer's. And I, although I could come to terms with her, um, I couldn't let her go. So when she died, I, I totally um, selfishly wrote it for me because I wanted to see my mother again, and that's what I get to do every time um, it's staged. I get to see my mother in different bodies, but I get to see her up there again. So that's why I wrote it. You know, writing is so healing, um, I, and I don't think people understand the power of the pen. Well, it, it's, yeah, yes, it, it is because it becomes so personal. I've write, written in a lot of different mediums, and, I mean, a book takes, like, a couple of years to get, you know, uh, go from pen to print, and mm-hmm. and, I, and TV is great because that's three weeks, but this, is so immediate once you get it done it's so immediate to just watch it time after time and hopefully bring people together for a reason so exactly. and because i'm i'm a comedy writer you know i only know how to get through life laughing rather than crying uh-huh well so and you know if you've got a choice 
that's a, that's a beautiful way to go. I think sometimes um, what I have found, and, and tell me if you've seen this too with others, is so many times people give up their laughter. They lose it to disease and chronic illness, thinking that it's not appropriate. And it's, and it's I think, the source of who pretty much all of us are. I, I, I don't think I've ever met anyone who doesn't like to laugh. No, it's what keeps you supposedly living longer and younger and, um, you know, just taking things too seriously, I think, really, really eats at you. And although this is a dreadful disease, you know, you're still able in some way to get some relief. So that's just how I live my life and we live our life, my husband and I, my amazing husband and I. So. you guys are are quite the team. Um, I've never met you personally, and I and I hope to do so um, soon Great. one of these days because you're doing such amazing, amazing work. And so I thank you for, you know, okay. just the massive amounts of time and energy and money that you have put into us against Alzheimer's. It's incredible what you've done in such a short, short period of time. And one of the things that I love from one advocate to another is just the fact that you um, you don't pigeonhole yourself. I mean, in terms of this is the way it's always been done, you've gotten very creative in terms of how to join forces and how to really ignite passion and, and tap into passion that's already out there. And I think that that's been such a big missing element um, in terms We're of getting engaged and engaged is what we say, you know, because being, I, we've also started Women Against Alzheimer's and we have found that not many um, movements are started by being totally polite and so we have to take off some of those white gloves um, mm-hmm. at, because, and we don't even know why women, you know, have, well, they have two-thirds of the Alzheimer's cases. So, um, you know, like 33,400,000 are women and the rest to the five to five million four are men, and uh, which is totally not clear the way I've just said it. But anyway, um, they're twice as likely to get Alzheimer's as men, and some of that is because they live longer. But there there are other things that haven't been pinned down, uh, not unlike heart disease used to be just a male thing. And mm-hmm. when, we, when they realized that women were just having a different narrative, um, you know, they realized that women, and, and now it's the, actually the, the largest uh, uh, reason for dying for women, um, you know, they started to look into it more for women. And we, and we want that. It seems very minimal to me to ask, find, find this out. You know, we're a big population. We're baby boomers. or 10,000 a day. So we've got to be paid attention to. Anyway, I, yep. I know I could go on. I'm sorry. <laughs> No, 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 no. The the, oh, the show is all to get people talking about their passion because I think that's what makes it interesting and that's what engages our audience and and everybody likes to hear everybody's voice of passion. Um wow. and it and it makes us think. You know, it well, makes us um you want it, passion. It us... I think you've got the right number. Um mm-hmm. I mean, we we go mm-hmm. and we try to, you know, deal with with senators and congressmen and pretty much shake them because I have nothing to lose, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And I I say to them, you know, it, listen, if you want to avoid Alzheimer's, die young. If you don't choose that, 
it's going to come for you, you know. It's an equal opportunity disease. And you will be paying just as much as we. Well, if if the government can sustain the numbers, which they can't, they'll mm-hmm. go bankrupt. So we're trying, you know, and in this time of the economy uh, with sequestration, it's just uh, so difficult. To, we're such a non-prophylactic society, you know. We don't we we put band-aids on, but we don't find out, you know, why that blood is gushing. Mm-hmm. And if we if we did it before, which is what obviously what it, what you would have with giving money to research, then it would make a difference. Then we could. I'm sorry. Well, all right. Then we could be like HIV/AIDS, which I totally respect. They finally came out of the closet at first. I mean, I used to read Variety every day, and every. I mean, so many people were dying from from HIV/AIDS, and finally they they said, "Okay, I can't be ashamed of it. I've got to come out of the closet and talk about it." Um, mm-hmm. And when when they did that, when they became a movement. Then you know. Then Congress listened, and they and within ten years, it's now you know, um, you can do something about it. You can take medicine to stop it from from blowing up, and that's that's all we want. So yeah. you know, we want to be there shaking them and saying, and we are we are obviously we're the ones who have to testify because our patients, our, you know, our victims have no can't can't testify. So we are there. Yep. Yeah, we are there for them. We're so the voice. Yeah, we hope, and it's, hopefully, I just yeah. like to find and the ears. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, in exactly, exactly. And it's it's nice too to see um, so many of the young onset really speaking out now and people paying attention. It would you know be lovely to have them um, do education, not only you know just with our doctors, but those in training as well as the general public. People are fascinated over and over again when they hear the voice of someone young who's got this disease, and it really has such a strong impact of not being able to be avoided. And, and it really does um, kind of put on the boxing gloves because it makes people right. realize it could be anybody next. And, we well, just, and, the, we and the reality is it's in your body 20 years before. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't chosen to get, you know, to find out if it's in, you know, in my brain. My husband keeps mm-hmm. saying, um, and this is from a Kennedy, that you have to pay as much attention to having uh, having yourself examined from the neck up. We're, mm-hmm. we're all concerned with the neck down. You know, we do all yep. these things. But the neck up is is as important perhaps more than than any of it um so we have to you know we have a different focus and and the other thing is i i I don't know how i left this but um every day i read the obituaries i am that person i have been doing it for my whole life Uh, my father used to say he would get up in the morning look at the newspaper if his name wasn't there he'd go to work and (laughs) so i i look at it and I can't tell you. It's like death takes a holiday. So many people will not say have you know, say that their relative died of AIDS. Succumb to it. Okay, it's cheesy of Alzheimer's. Oh, um, yep. And you know, it's still the denial. It's still being ashamed of it. It's not a shameful disease. You know, I, it, we've got to come out and say it. 
because when you saw the numbers with AIDS, then you went, wow, this has to be attended to. Sorry. Was there a question or did you just say hello? No, that's that's fine. Um, uh, Just to go off of that, um, I had a dementia chat, which I do twice a month. Those are webinars where I interview people that have um, early onset um, dementia. Uh And they are our experts. And one of our participants was a 38-year-old woman who just got diagnosed. And what she was dealing oh with my. was this total denial of her family, you know, going, no, it, it's you don't have it. You're fine. And she's like, it runs in our family. Um, how can they oh. deny this? But they're so scared. They're just so, so scared. And so we had this whole conversation about, you know, what that does to a person, you know, right. when you're when you're not accepted um, and, you know, you're kind of shunned and poo-pooed and there's serious stuff going on and you're you're not getting that support um, that you need as a human being. And it's it's critical. It's it's critical. And people don't understand the impact that that we have on one another. We've really got to become more of a compassionate society and not so shameful. Um, Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. Right. I mean, you're doing such a yeoman's job. So it's, it, if there were only so many more Lori LeBays, you know, it would be, we would call it a Shonda. I mean, it's not a Shonda. It's, it's a, a mix, but as we call it in my religion, uh, you know, which is a blessing that you're doing something mm-hmm. like this. Well, so, and thank a, you from all of us. Yeah, well, there's there's a lot of me's out there, but a lot of people don't know, and yeah. so it's all about connecting, and that's one of the things Alzheimer Speaks tries to do is connect, just like you're trying to connect. Um, I think yeah. it's through collaboration that we're going to win this battle, um, not I by the. So silos. I'm running for time. Yep. Or yep. against time. Well, <laughs> so. listen. Let's let's get back to your play because I I really um I really want to learn more about surviving grace and what do you hope that people would take away from from the play if they went to I see I it? would hope that they'll you know that they'll they'll be part become part of the movement that they'll realize that you know it's just we're just two people we're just one person we just we have to band together um, so what I, I, it's, it's not necessarily a message. I mean, the reality is it's a mother and daughter, you know, and loving and trying and, you know, the craziness of, of the mother and daughter. I mean, I, my mother still comes to me in my dreams every, well, maybe three or four times a week. And, uh, she's still telling me that I shouldn't wear horizontal because it'll accentuate my hips. But, <laughs> <laughs> but still, still telling me how much she loves me, and it's, you know, I mean, I guess a, a, a death ends a life, but it doesn't end a relationship. And so I, I, I just, I mean, you know, Alzheimer's is totally similar in so many ways and totally unique. Um, and I just, I just want people to. To realize, you know, that this could happen to them. They, half of the audience knows that that could happen. I mean, it's going to be one out of two at, at 85. But what I do in my play, it's, it's a sitcom writer, what are the odds of that, and her mother, and the craziness of that relationship, and um, and a father who takes my... Uh, first. The first act is pretty similar to what we had. I mean, my... 
My father went to Miami where there apparently are um, signs, you know, man with pulse interstate and was surrounded by women. This is, I mean, he was just going downhill as, as, as a caretaker does because, you know, that it's all about supposedly the patient, but the caretaker, the caregiver is just devastated. And uh, so my father was looking ragged and we wanted him to go away you know, just for vacation, and he came back with this woman, um, and uh, in the play, you know, they, they get, they, he divorces my mom and gets married to the, as I call her, the bimbo, and, um, <laughs> and, uh, but the second act, they give her some medicine, and the second act is about her coming back, mm-hmm. and, and actually testifying to Congress, but, you know, them after knowing what they have gone through and getting, getting it's, it's of course, my fantasy, second act, but I, I don't want it to be a fantasy. I, I mean, if mice could do it, those mice are doing really well with, with medication. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, they don't have to worry so much about Alzheimer's. I want us to, to feel the same way. I want us to go, you know, really, like, was there a polio? I don't even know what that is. I, you know, I, maybe not cure, but at least bring back somewhat and, and a way to stop it from happening. Yeah. So, that would, that's that what would this, be. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, I'm a writer. I can do that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's beautiful. And, I mean, it it can happen. I went and saw the, uh, the movie The Butler, and it just right. uh, amazed me how much, has happened and how far we have come in a short period of time in my lifetime and you know I'm in my mid 50s and I just think oh my gosh you know we have just come so far I mean it it's so doable you know we can we can we can do this if we have faith and if we join forces and um you know like you said um in, enrage and engage and I I personally I have a hard time with the enrage part cuz I'm a I'm a hope and an engage Person, but I think you're right. I think we do need that rage. Well, I don't mean that we have to burn down buildings. I just mean no. that we just have. This is wrong. We've got to do yep. something about that. That kind of enraged. Yep. I mean, you know, just saying you, you can't just. I don't know. Give money for one more bridge to nowhere. This is where the money should be spent. Yeah. So that kind uh, of enrage. Rage that you're doing so little. Enrage that we're getting five hundred million dollars. From NIH and HIV AIDS is getting three million, three billion, and cancer maybe six billion. And I don't want their pie. I want a bigger pie. Yeah. You know. So. Yep. And that, well, it hasn't changed since the nineties. The allocations. It's kind of crazy. But well, anyway, you, sorry. <laughs> you, when you look at the um, just what what the you know football league said for you know did for a settlement, they got like seven hundred million, you know. Great. Wow. And, it, wow. and it's kind of like hello, hello. They're getting that much <laughs> settlement, and and we're supposed to be leading the pack and making changes. What's wrong with this picture? I mean, to me, that should be a slap in the face. Hello. Um. (laughs) Absolutely. But we saw them change. We saw their whole mindset change. I remember going and and hearing uh, Roger Goodell, I hope that's his name, um, testifying to Congress and and sort of in denial. And that wasn't long ago. That was like Mm -hmm. five years. 
and and he he stepped up to the plate and he you know he took responsibility mm-hmm. and I'm hoping that there'll be some purple ribbons being worn soon yeah wouldn't that be neat and we're we're yeah. purple up here in Minnesota. We're the purple people eaters with our Viking colors. So we'd be perfect to launch up here. <laughs> Is this where you are, Minnesota? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh so, dear, here comes winter. I know, I know, right around the corner. Though it's supposed to hit ninety again today. It's been pretty psychotic. The leaves have been changing and then it then we're kind of in this drought mode again now and, and stuff. Uh, so Well, there's no climate change. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, with with your play, where where can people go see it, Trish? Well, we're doing actually we're we're not I'm doing it. It's it's still going around the country, but mm-hmm. we're having, for instance, a fundraiser in L.A. And uh-huh. here's my dream cast, and this is the cast that's going to do it. The mom is being played by Carol Burnett. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a reading to um and Marilou Henner and Elliot Gould and Helen Reddy who will also be singing I Am Woman, um and Lonnie Anderson for the Bimbo and mm-hmm. uh and Lou Gossett Junior. I mean, how's that for a cast? Wow. Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> Um, so that's on the twenty fifth of September and then we go to San Diego on the twenty seventh. And it'll be in Phoenix, and it'll be in, uh, oh gosh, I think Florida and Texas. And and, and it honestly is to raise awareness, you know, mm-hmm. and and to get to people like youth, God bless you, who will, you know, who are, who are getting the word out, who aren't just mm-hmm. lying down and say, whatever. Yeah. Or who, yeah. Is, you know, because caretakers are just so exhausted, and I get that. Um, but we just want them to do something they can do from their home as well. I, yeah. I used to be a speechwriter for a senator, and um, that, like, that was my very first job, and I know how one letter, one email, it stands for a 100 to a senator mm-hmm. or a congressman. So that kind of involvement for usagainstalzheimers.org or women against Alzheimer's, because, you know, they have to know if – they they think in their mind if if she if the people aren't interested or don't care enough to to speak out, you know we don't have to do anything about it. Yep. We just have to work within that system. Exactly. Well, well, I would love to see your play come to Minnesota. We have an absolutely fabulous um, theater um, community up here that would really embrace it. Um, I had um, told you uh, earlier when we were talking offline about the the play, um, My Mother Has Four Noses, and I went to that, and and, um, she had to add extra um, sessions in um, for it because, uh, you know, it was just sold out, and it was just a wonderful, brilliant, brilliant thing, and people were... Just um, learning so much, got a standing ovation, um, and again, it was just all about raising awareness, you know. And right. so we, like I said, we're kind of like the little Minneapolis here in in Minneapolis and St. Paul. We really do have a, um, I no, think, yeah, a community. Yeah, that would really, really embrace that if you can maneuver it, uh, maneuver it my way. Yeah. That would be sweet. <laughs> Absolutely. We, we've been having. Uh, do you know who Diane Reem is? I do not. No, she has. She's a talk show host as well on NPR every day. So she's done the mother 
um, here at the Phillips Collection in D.C. And, well, mm-hmm. and she'll be doing San Diego, too, so she's fabulous. Oh, Anyway, nice. we'd love to. Wonderful. <laughs> Let's sign up now. Good, good, good. Well, let's talk about um, Us Against Alzheimer's and your recently launched Women's Against Alzheimer's Network. Um, can you tell people a little bit more about that, and, and how would women get involved? Um, how would they? How can they well, engage with you? Well, um, they can either send to, uh, you know, just just go on to usagainstalzheimer's.org, and all of this is laid out for you. Um, so you don't have to leave your living room, though um, I would certainly love someday to have a 100-woman march in, in Washington. But but if you can't do that, and I, I get that, um, then you can do it just from your home and and mm-hmm. become part of the of a movement. And that's, you know, as you saw with the butler or, um, well, with any anything, with a woman's movement, you know, that you ha- you just have to be engaged in that. So you ha- you have to check in and and say you know I care, and you know so w- I mean it's all about funding for research and funding you know to get it going. Uh, Cameron is is now getting involved for the G8 for for Alzheimer's. He's declared that as as the you know a big movement that that we have to that the world has to be involved in. I mean and you can do that. Because of these computers, uh, you know, you can do that at home. So that's how you can get involved. You can get it as much or as little as you can do. We'll take it. Um, you know, that's that's what we're about. And and the women's movement, unfortunately, will be losing a lot of what they gained um, in the workplace because, you know, with ten million, with fifteen million caregivers. And uh, 10 million of whom are women, and people have to quit their job and, you know, uh, stay at home because this is a 24-7 disease, and, you know, you worry about it. Um, One of my closest friends, Meryl Comer, uh, had to quit her. She was on air and uh, with Mary Povich, and she's amazing. She had to quit her job to take care of her husband, who at 58 was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. He was head of hematology at NIH, and uh, she has had him home for 18 years. I mean, it's a life, you know? Wow. You know, I, she was in Minnesota and spoke at one of the Alzheimer's uh, conventions, and, I, you know, I pulled her aside and talked, and, and she just has an incredible story and an incredible drive and passion and love and um, oh, just a amazing. remarkable... She's inside and out. Yeah, remarkable. Yeah, oh. remarkable mo- woman, that's for sure. So, oh, and, and I think it is really important when you talked about if, if people, you know, can't physically come to gatherings and meetings and stuff. There's so much you can do by the Internet. And, again, that's just reinforced by, you know, us being the number one influencer for Alzheimer's, according to Share Care and Dr. Oz. That's I from love it. the likes and the shares and the, you know, it's it, those little clicks are extremely powerful because you don't know. It's It's kind of like the... You know when you're when you're talking to a friend and that telephone game, and then all of a sudden it ends up right, being something right. else, and some somewhere on else. and so but, on, and you know all of a sudden you've got a big yep. group saying, yep. you know, demanding what's. 
Well, you don't have to demand a word. Asking what's right. Yeah. The nice thing is, though, with the Internet, for the most part, your message remains consistent from the beginning, unlike somebody verbalizing it, you know, when it's just that click. And then people can interpret it themselves. And, um, you know, it takes no time. It costs no money. Um, and it's just a wonderful way to be able to to help people and engage them. Now, for oh, just um, hope your you know that your audience, who I know cares about this, will will go go on to us against Alzheimer's. See see what we're about. See what you know, and see how you can be part of it. Not not watching from outside, but being active inside. Well, and one of the things that I, when I had George on that I told him was, uh, you know, that I loved is you guys have really made it so easy to contact, you know, Congress and get politically involved. I mean, it's so simple. And your your information that you push out is um, incredible. I mean, Us Against Alzheimer's is an incredible source of great information and um, to me it gives so much hope just seeing the force and the tenacity um, in which you guys are doing things and it, it really is a, yeah. um, well, an amazing, you know what it amazing is, is organization. When you're dealing with Alzheimer's you just you've lost all sense of control of your life. You know you mm-hmm. can't you feel like you can't do anything and this gives you back some of that control and some of that power because you feel like okay, not only someone cares, but I can do something about this, and you know that's and my, I mean, and George who is amazing and uh, in helping with this, and I mean he had a heart attack. He we should be doing heart disease, um, but <laughs> it was a long time ago, and um, he was on the coma diet. You know, he was he was in a coma for two weeks and lost twenty okay. pounds. I'm not saying this is for everyone, but if you can live. You know, mm-hmm. but he has just joined in this movement because he just cares so much about it. So, yeah, well, I the, agree. This is wonderful. <laughs> the the passion that comes out is is amazing. And actually, I'm I'm hoping to meet George, my next guest. I, I don't know if you know um, James Creasy with Jiminy Wicket, but we're going to be out at Rockefeller Center on the 20th playing croquet. Um, wow. for Alzheimer's disease. And and I know James has been in contact with George, but we would love for you and your whole family to come out and play croquet with us. Out that at would be great. Center. We actually have an apartment not too far from there. So, yeah. Which, yeah. Oh, that would James, be great. Love to do James that. Has, yeah, he has developed this uh, amazing adaptive croquet game, and it's uh, and he'll be talking next about. It. I shouldn't give too much away, but um, oh, okay. just an, an incredible, incredible man um, doing wonderful things and intergenerational. Um, so yeah, we would love we would love to have you join us, um, Trish. How should people um, get a hold of you? What is the best way? I, I believe you've got a site for the play. Um, is I believe it's survivinggrace.org if people want to find out more yeah. about the play. That's it. And, Absolutely. Okay. And, and we then, would lo- yeah, we'd love anyone who is in, uh, you know, anyone who's in California to come to it. Or you can just fly in. That's how good this thing is. Um, that's right. But, <laughs> but to see Carol Burnett, I'm so psyched. Um, oh, that's going to be very fun. Yeah, yeah. Or or San Diego, also good. Um, and, yeah, be part of it. I mean, all I'm asking is let's be part of the solution. 
Yep. You know? Exactly. And that that's what you your your program gives people. So wonderful. <laughs> and then for people who want to check out Us Against Alzheimer's, just go to usagainstalzheimers.org. Um yep. or you can find them on Facebook. Again, just put Us Against Alzheimer's all one word um together and they'll pop right up in the search bar there and go ahead and like oh. them and push them out. Um they also have a Twitter handle, which is us again, and then uh, stalls, um, or it should be agains, plural, and then um, I'm totally screwing that up. It's U or it's U S A G A I N S T A L Z. I'm just not doing good with my little letters and okay. reading today. It's us against <laughs> Alzheimer's dot org, and the Alzheimer's doesn't have a. Um, Let's see. It's, apostrophe. Yeah, apostrophe. Sorry. Yep. Um, af, after the R. So it's one word, us against Alzheimer's yep. org. But you'll yep. get there even if you do put that apostrophe in. They'll just ask you if you really meant to do this. Exactly. Well, wonderful. Well, Trish, thank you so much for being with us today. It was such a pleasure to uh, to be able to thank talk you, with Lori. you. Thank you, How generous of you and gracious. So thank you so much. And together... We'll all do this. We'll, we'll get, we, you know, the attention we deserve. We surely will. And I hope to see you out in New York on the 20th at Rockefeller Center in the morning. That would just be, that would be a hoot. Very much fun. That, that would be great. Thank you <laughs> okay, so much. Thank you. You have a great day now. Okay? You too. Uh-huh. Bye. Now. Bye. Well, our next guest is James Creasy. And James um, is just uh, a... a a fabulous friend and uh, advocate for this disease. He's another uh, man on a mission, uh, like Trish, who had a mother with the disease. Uh, James' dad, um, you know, got, was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, and he wanted to find a way to be able to engage people and um, and make life worth living with this disease. So five years ago on a summer vacation, he discovered a new connection with his dad, um, who was in kind of that silence and confusion mode of dementia. And he found that through playing croquet. His dad, Maxwell, smiled. Um, Since then, um, all of his kids and grandkids now have this activity to enjoy you know, with with their grandpa, and that was pretty a pretty cool experience. So they found that it was intergenerational as well, and so James has taken it to a whole nother level, and he's created a company and an organization called Jiminy Wicket um, to make smiles for people living with dementia. And about a year ago, he created a program called Through Hoops to Hope which is an intergenerational game based on croquet for high school and college colleges um, along with senior communities. And he's designed and, and um, developed and delivered um, over, um, let's see, what is it? I'm, I'm reading this wrong. He, uh, he is designed, developed, and delivered a proof of a concept in Denver that is expanding through Hopes to Hoops into 100 schools and colleges coast to coast across the country and also into 10 schools in the U.K. and five in Australia um, 
from uh, 2013 to 2014 in that school year. So it's pretty amazing feat. And um, like I mentioned, he is launching with this expansion the Jiminy Wicket World Cup at the Rockefeller Center in New York City on Friday, September 20th from 7 a.m. to 11 a.m. So come and play with us. That would really, really be fun. Um, James, I'm going to go ahead and pull you into the show here. So how are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you, Laurie. It's a pleasure to be on the show with you. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you can make it. This is this is fun. I'm really looking forward to going out to uh New York to play the game. But why why don't you tell our listeners a little bit more detail of why croquet and and you know, a little more in depth in terms of how it got started. I just kind of highlighted it. I'd be happy to, but before we do, just in case uh Trish is still on the line, lovely conversation between the two of you there. And I know that you invited her. I want her to know that Jiminy Wicket himself invites Trish and Alyssa and George to come along and play. And after George was on the Today Show last week with Maria Shriver, Alyssa sent out the most wonderful little email, said, have you seen my father? Well, I hope she'll come and play with us and say, have you seen my dad playing croquet at the Rockefeller Center? Anyway, your question was... So, like, how did this whole thing get started, right? Yep. Well, five years ago and one month, I was taking my mother and father on what we thought was probably going to be their last summer vacation together. For more than 15 years, they'd been going to a little hotel in southwest England in Cornwall called the Nair, N-A-R-E. You can look that up online. And I really had no idea how I was going to spend like 10 days with my mother and father. I'd never been on vacation with them as an adult like this. And here is my father struggling with the effects of and his demise in the face of this insidious thief called uh, vascular dementia. He actually had vascular dementia rather than Alzheimer's. A lot of very similar symptoms, though, including the kind of silence and the confusion, the loss of memory, um, the loss of speech. And he was at the stage where it was difficult for him to even string a sentence together. I had no idea how I was going to deal with the silence and confusion for 10 straight days in a strange environment. For a year now, at that point in time, I've been traveling across the Atlantic because their home is in southeast England. And I've been spending 10 days on deck every 10 weeks or so to give my brothers and sisters and my mother some time off by just being his companion and, and partner for 10 days, two weeks at a time. And I... I thoroughly believe that when it's possible, Alzheimer's and dementia care is a team sport. You can't do it alone. It was more than my mother could cope with, and she was on deck 24-7. So we were finding ways to give her breaks and spell her by being companions to our father. And my role from so far away, all the rest of my family live locally. You know, I'm 
5,000 miles away on the other side of the pond. So my commitment was to spend two weeks every 10 or so weeks. And it was possible for me because I'd just been made unemployed. I'd been let go in a corporate reorg. And um, so I was a free agent. Didn't have to ask somebody in New York if I could take two weeks off, go and spend time with my dad. I could just do it. So the gift of unemployment was a wonderful thing. Uh, albeit nerve-wracking financially, it gave me an opportunity to spend time with my dad that I'd never had before. One day during that year, I remember taking a walk with him uh, because I'd discovered that we could walk together before I'd learned about the croquet thing. And uh, it was a Wednesday afternoon. We are just taking a walk in the park, and he managed to say to me, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not a very good walker anymore. And I said to him, Dad, I said, it's a Wednesday afternoon. This is lovely. Dad, I've waited 50 years to go for a walk with you on a Wednesday afternoon. This is perfect. Don't worry. And we walked and we looked at flowers and we looked at the trees and we looked at animals and then we went home and had a cup of tea. So here we are now after a year of that sort of time together, on and off. I'm taking them to a hotel in southwest England, to the Nair Hotel. And we've arrived after a five-hour car ride. And um, I've never been there. They've been there 15 or more times over the course of 15 years. And they never told me. They never mentioned there was a croquet court. Our family had never played croquet growing up. This was a strange thing. I'd only been playing croquet at that point for like a year with some friends in Denver at the Denver Croquet Club. And here I am adrift in my own angst about how are we going to be together for 10 days. And uh, flying across the Atlantic the night before, I had no idea what I would do. So we get there. And I'm walking around, sort of getting the lay of the land, and I stumble across this croquet lawn, this perfectly kept, beautiful little flat, flat piece of ground, flat piece of beautifully mown grass on the clifftop overlooking the western reaches of the English Channel as it blends into the North Atlantic. And I thought, I think I've died and gone to heaven. I, you know, I've got a croquet court outside the back door of this hotel for 10 days. I know what I'm going to do, and then the idea struck me. I wonder if I could play croquet with my dad. So the following morning, after breakfast, I helped him get ready for his day. And I said to my mum, I'm going, you know, he, my mother and father had been married for something like 60 years at that point in time. And uh, so they kind of joined at the hip. In the face of this disease, I think that my dad saw his dear wife, Pat, as his lighthouse. If she was around, he could kind of get his bearings. And if she wasn't around, he was a bit adrift. So I was kind of taking a rather gutsy move to sort of tell her to go off, walk the beach, get her hair done, go shopping, read a book, whatever she wanted to do for the morning, he and I were going to give this thing a try. Well, it worked a treat. 
And before the end of those 10 days at that hotel had come and gone, we were playing croquet. He and I were playing croquet not only together every day after breakfast, he and I. We were playing with a whole bunch of different guests who got engaged with us. And even though my dad couldn't converse with these people, he could smile at the pleasure he was getting from being around other people and playing this game. I say, this was not something we'd grown up doing. This was stepping outside the box of anything that I was comfortable with or knew or was familiar to him, to me or to him. And the sort of standbys over the years of activity together had been golf, been uh, ping pong, it being crosswords together. He, he used to do the New York Times, the equivalent of the New York Times crossword every day before lunch. Well, that had gone. He couldn't play Scrabble anymore. Chess was too complicated. Golf was too precise. Ping pong was too fast. We, we'd lost all those different activities that we could have done together. They weren't there for us anymore. Croquet emerged as the winner. And every day, we engaged with one another and other folks from... At the end of those 10 days, people from Australia, other parts of Europe, other places in the UK, said to us in their farewells as they were leaving, as we were leaving, now that we've had so much fun together, we're going to go home and buy a croquet set and play in our backyard. So as I went home back to their... As I went back to their home, I, uh, I commissioned my brother to buy a croquet set and uh, I remember my mother's comment, well, this is going to be a waste of time, isn't it? a waste of money. Little did she know that that croquet set was going to become the tool that my father's children, my father's grandchildren, and my father's great-grandchildren could enjoy with their papa. And as he played, so he smiled. And uh, it wasn't very long before he had begun a routine that was comfortable and familiar enough to him that when a stranger came to the front door, or friend or stranger, came to the front door, if my mother didn't get there first, he would open the front door, welcome them with open arms, and sort of escort them through the house into the back garden. And before you knew it, they had a mallet in their hand and they were trying to play croquet with it. <laughs> 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 that's how it took with him oh and fun that was that began five years and one month ago and this he passed away four years ago but this summer uh, at the end of June I took my dear mother back to that hotel and we played some games together there it was a kind of pilgrimage for me to make a a trip to the place where this where this all began. So wow. uh, that's the gist of it. That's the gist of how it began. Yeah. So um, that makes sense. How? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, and um, it, it just makes me want to go grab a grab a croquet mallet right now and go smack a ball and <laughs> go have well, some next, fun. <laughs> next Friday, Laurie, don't forget. Next Friday, from 7 a.m. to 11 a.m. at the Rockefeller Center in New York City, we're going to do just that. You and I are going to play in Manhattan, and if you Google Croquet Rockefeller Center, you'll see that the only entry in the archive called Google, that Google accesses 
is Jiminy Wicket Croquet on September the 20th, 2013, and the invitation's there. Oh, cool, cool. So how how have you incorporated this into um, being intergenerational with, with schools and stuff? We've got about five minutes um, okay, I, so that was okay. <clears throat> so that was quite accidental. Five years ago, I started a program for the Alzheimer's Association. That actually, just yesterday, we play every Monday morning indoors in the winter time and outdoors in the summertime. And yesterday, it celebrated its fifth anniversary. It wow. was last summer and the summer before that the the high school students high school kids that some friends of mine volunteered for my program during the summer during the summer break, during summer vacation. And I just noticed the magic that happened, like our family had experienced, the generations playing together. If you ask anyone if they've got an experience of croquet, it usually involves many generations of playing mm-hmm. together. I was seeing high school students and my seniors with Alzheimer's playing together and everyone was having fun and I was nothing to do with it. I was just sitting on the sidelines watching and I thought, I think here's a model. And so Sydney Oswald, one of the, friend, uh, the daughter of one of my friends, said, can mm-hmm. we try doing this at my high school across the street? We did. And uh, their principal, Kristen Waters, said, let's give it a try. And we tried it with their National Honor Society and it took off. And within six months, we were doing this at Harvard. We went from South High School, Denver, to Harvard in less than six months. Wow. And we go into a high school, we give a TED-type talk on two artificial croquet lawns in the gymnasium. And then we play croquet for about an hour. And then uh, right after that, the next day or the next week, I bring in a van load of seniors from a senior community. Um, and we play croquet together for about an hour, and then the school adopts the program. The equipment is given to them. And now on a monthly basis, they will repeat that program, and I don't need to be present to it. It's, it will scale itself. And um, we had one school now in the U.K. who said to me, you know what, we, we, don't, we don't think we can make that commitment of once a month. I said, Really? Well, I'm sorry, you know, if you can't do that, then it's not enough for me to give you all this equipment because we, we give away the equipment. We've got some funding mm-hmm. and we give the schools and equipment. So there's no cost to the school, no cost to the care home. And they said, no, 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 we don't think we could do it once a month. We want to do it once a week. Can we do it once a week? And I said, of course you can. <laughs> oh, too funny, too funny. You just never know. Sometimes we just have to have to listen for the answers that's uh that's amazing um how this has um just morphed and and I know it hasn't done it all on its own you've put a lot of a lot of love and labor into into this passionate um crusade you're on to um to create smiles so can you tell our audience what does s p h stand for and why is it important so I played this intergenerational program with a bunch of students at Regis High School in Denver, Regis Jesuit um, Catholic High School, here in Denver on Saturday afternoon this week with some of my friends who have Alzheimer's disease. And we calculated, given the number of people that were there, and the length of time being 60 minutes, and the number of smiles per person we 
figured were on the order of more than one a minute, is actually what the students thought. But I said, let's just be conservative, and we'll say it was once a minute per person for 60 minutes. There's 29 people, and if you do the math on that, you've actually generated 1,760 SPH. SPH is smiles per hour. That's the metric we use for our effectiveness. When we can't say, I'm enjoying this, because we can't get those words out, we still smile, and SPH is our metric. Wonderful. Well, James, as always, it's a pleasure chatting with you. How do people find out more about Jiminy Wicket and how and, and to get involved? I know you've got some great video on your website that just kind of, you know, shows how this goes. Um, James flew up to Minnesota to get our memory cafe set up, and we just have had a ball with it. In fact, they're going to be playing on Saturday the 21st. Um, without me because I'll still be in New York at that time, but um, they can't wait to play again. We just had such a wonderful, wonderful time playing the game. So I thank you that's so great. much. That's great. I'm glad. Good, good. That's what it's supposed yeah. to be. And that's actually, it's such a predictable outcome. It is so predictable. And 100,000 years ago, we were hardwired to start hitting things, and we still love to hit things, and society says it's okay to hit balls. And as we age, as our visual, cognitive, physical acuity diminish, it's easier to hit a stationary ball. Croquet makes that possible. There are only three stationary ball games in the world, croquet, pool, and golf. Croquet works. So if you'd like to find out more, go to our website, which is JiminyWicket.org, or shoot me an email. Uh, Through that website, there's a contact button. And uh, we'll talk about how you could be involved. We need people to help with a little bit of financing. We would like to have people introduce us to colleges and high schools. And uh, we'd love to have the conversation with you. If you'd like to participate, let me know. Wonderful. And again, just go to JiminyWicket.com. And that's J I M I N Y. W I C K E T dot com dot O R G Jiminy Wicket dot O R G. You know what? I have uh, you, and both will get you to him. But go to the dot org. Yes. No worries. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for your time, James. Really appreciate it, and we will talk soon. Okay? Laurie, thanks for helping to push the message out, and uh, we won't be talking. We'll be playing. Next Friday. Okay. Look forward to it. Yep. Come out and join us if you're there. Thank you, James. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, lovely. See you. Well, before I go into um, uh, introducing our next guest, I always just like to kind of give some mid-program highlights of um, some information that might be helpful. I want to uh, just let you all know, if you have not listened to the last show, which was um, – uh, on the third, games that engage for those with memory loss. Um, even though Blog Talk was having some technical difficulties that day, it's definitely worth a listen to. You will find out about um, some puzzles and then also uh, a life game of of um, reminiscing, which is called Lifetime, which is just 
absolutely um, an incredible and fun, engaging way. I think, uh, I, again, it's definitely worth a listen to. Um, our next show is going to be on the 17th, and we're going to talk about brain and nutrition and holistic ways to improve your life's quality. And we're also going to be having um, Christy Fleming, who's the founder of Disrupting Alzheimer's Project on, and he's from across the pond as well, as well as Darlene Gifts, who is a uh, <clears throat> nutritionalist um, <clears throat> and the owner of Nutritional Weight and Wellness. And she's got a, <clears throat> excuse me, a worldwide audience and she is also the host of Dishing Up Nutrition on um, Talk 107 Radio. And that's going to be a really uh, interesting show. We also have our Dementia Chats this afternoon. That's a webinar that you can participate in and ask those with dementia, what is it really like? Um, you know, get those questions answered. Sometimes we can't ask our clients or we can't ask our family members, um, but we can ask a third party who's living and breathing with this disease. And the conversations are quite um, quite profound. Our last show was on the 27th, and we talked with uh, Dina Dotson. She talked about moving. And she not only moved from um, her home to a new location, but she also changed areas. Uh, Steve Ponis updated us on he has been taking care of his parents and what that's been like for him. And then Michael Ellenbogen um, shared his new book, which is now on um, on a, an ebook, which is available. And so. Um, we also, there were questions from the audience participants about exhaustion. Is that an early sign? And you'll hear the feedback that we got. And again, weather and temperature changes and how it influences people and family denial and being in large crowds and getting second opinion. So all kinds of, of information you will find. We also updated the Alzheimer's Speaks um, website. So if you go there, you may notice a, a few changes there. The resource directory, I think, is uh, much more efficient, the way that you can register um, to become a member and get access to our free tools is, is quite simple to do. So I encourage you to do that. Again, with the resource directory, you can input your business, your service, your tools, your products, or others into the directory so that, again, we can share the knowledge um, amongst uh, each of us. So please go ahead and check that out. I'm still doing some tweaking on the site, but that's, uh, that's ever-ending with websites. Um, on the blog, there was an article about Dementia Aware and the Ostrich Care Team, who um, is is helping really raise awareness even more, and uh, which is extraordinary because the, the owner of that company is, is a 20-year-old. He's doing some really cool things. There was a, a wonderful video about true unconditional love that I think you'll find amazing. And then, um, again, James just mentioned uh, that we're going to be in New York on the 20th. So if you are in New York, stop by Rockefeller Center, please, and play croquet with us. We would love that. On the 13th, um, ARP has asked me for an article, so that's going to be posted, and it's called The Art of Care. Um, and so uh, we'll see we'll see what happens with that. And then Katie Couric, I still have not heard when her um, special on Alzheimer's and dementia is going to air, but I will let you know when that happens. 
I'm not actually a piece of that, but again, they asked if I would um, write an article for them for the website. So I'll, I'll keep you posted on that. Again, um, before I introduce our next guest, I want to remind people, if you are in need of support, uh, contact Alzheimer's Disease International. They are um, located um, in London, but they are the organization of all the Alzheimer's associations throughout the world. Uh, Coral Health has some great um, music options for people um, that are, are quite exciting, and they have a mobile app called Music First, which is definitely worth checking out. The Louis Body uh, Association, again, if you're dealing specifically with Louis Body, I would encourage you to go directly to them. And then, of course, the Alzheimer's Studies, um, which has that great Tau um, trial going on right now. And um, Puzzle With Me, again, I, Jane um, Snyder just sent me some puzzles, and they are absolutely amazing. I've seen a lot of them, but these are um, only 12 pieces. They are bigger and thicker, so they're easier to work with, and they've kind of got this uh, different coating, so I think that they're just much more uh, durable, and yet they are all very, uh, very much adult-oriented in terms of, of photos and things there. So let me go ahead and introduce our next guest. I'm very excited uh, to have her with us today. <clears throat> Kurti Kelsey uh, is originally from Rome, Italy, and she is the Chief Operating Officer and Secretary of the Board of Alzheimer's Research and uh, Prevention Foundation. And before moving to the U.S., she worked for a multinational pharmaceutical company in export marketing and regulatory affairs um, in Italy and the U.S. and Switzerland. Curdy speaks five languages, which I just find fascinating. I'm I'm stuck speaking just English, and I really should take a course because I think uh, I, I just would love to be bilingual. Um, and she was responsible for single-handedly implementing, managing, and overseeing the opening of a new branch office in Switzerland. Curdy is also involved in supporting her community by fighting uh, literacy <clears throat> um, through her Rotary Club and supporting her local senior companion program. She's been a yoga practitioner for over 30 years, and she has been a yoga teacher to seniors and people with disability for 20 in her spare time, um, she enjoys gardening. And I don't know how much of that she gets done because her and I tend to email late at night. So I think she's a, kind of a workaholic like me. Welcome, Curdy. How are you doing? Thank you so much for that nice introduction, Lori. It's a pleasure to be with you. Um, I'm doing great and um, very happy to be here today. And I want to thank you, first off, um, for your work in shifting the perception of Alzheimer's in our society and for all the support that you offer to all the Alzheimer's patients, the family caregivers, the professional caregivers, the other Alzheimer's organizations at large. And so um, you're feeling a need, and thank you very much for doing that. Oh, well, thanks for joining us. I just think it's so important for the world to come together as one and share knowledge. There's, 
you know, when I was going through this, when I started going through this 30 years ago, I felt so isolated and so alone. I mean, people didn't even know what the word Alzheimer's was. And so we've, mm-hmm. we've gone, you know, leaps and bounds since then. But there are so many different types of dementias, and there's so much help that people don't know. Um, like me, I think most people think there's one and only one organization, um, uh, you know, out there. And and that's not true. There are organizations, large and small, um, that can help you. There are books and videos and blogs and you know, the social media has just made it so much easier to connect and and find not only the resources but the hope and the support, which I think is is really critical. So I'm very excited to have you with us and um, to be able to share what the Alzheimer's Research and Prevention Foundation is all about. How did it get started? And 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 tell our audience, you know, why do you exist? What's the passion <laughs> that drives you guys? Yes. Um, well, we were started in March 1993, and um, by my husband, Dr. Dharma Singh Khalsa, and myself. Um, from his perspective, um, he was a clinical anesthesiologist and pain management practitioner um, up at the hospital in Phoenix, and his clinical research showed that lifestyle was an important part of maintaining mental fitness with age. That was the medical, you know, the medical part. And as far as I was concerned, um, well, I had this organizational experience and pharmaceutical experience, but specifically and even more importantly, I, um, I just have always had a passion for helping our elders, and I remember even growing up, I was always drawn to my grandparents, and I spent a lot of time with them. Um, and then it just seemed that that's the the direction I was headed. And, um, in fact, even now I'm involved with senior companions and, of course, the Alzheimer's Research and Prevention Foundation. So a lot of what, what I do I'm drawn to and is really with seniors. And so I had this... And very strong passion to really help our elders because I feel that um, they're very important in our society. Not because somebody gets, you know, older and maybe they can't walk very well. That doesn't mean that they don't have life lessons to share. And I believe we all can learn from them. Um, and it's very, very important. Um, and so that's how we got started. Um, and um, we've been, we've been, you know, at the, at the beginning, um, twenty years ago, t- today, this year, you know, there wasn't that much awareness about Alzheimer's disease. Like you just said, you know, it was, you were you started thirty years ago, and nobody even hardly knew what Alzheimer's was. And twenty years ago, it wasn't as bad, but um, definitely there wasn't that much awareness about the impact of this disease on the patients themselves, uh, their families, the cost involved, um, and the incidence. In a way, um, you know, we ha- we as a society hadn't put two and two together that so many people were getting older and Alzheimer's was mostly a disease of the elders, you know, of the seniors. And so, at the you know, 20 years ago it was... 
you know, it was unusual, let's put it that way, um, to start thinking about Alzheimer's and, and, and then specifically what you could do about it. Which is very true. Um, and now, I mean, there are so many young people, um, you know, in their 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s. And the, the older I get, you know, I'm 54 now, um, you know, 60s is young, you know, where yes. years ago, oh, yeah. you know, you know, 60s was older. Well, 60s is young. 70s is looking pretty dang young to me, too. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and um, you know, we have to really realize that, you know, with dementia, it can come in so many different fashions from so many different sources. And, and even with the sports injuries and things now with the concussions, oh, you know, yeah. can be a cause of that. So, I mean, there's there's a lot that we can do, but most of us don't have a clue what or how we should try. So can you um, tell us a little bit about your kind of holistic and integrative medical approach, um, you know, to dealing with 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 dementia and Alzheimer's? Sure. Um, well, I, I wanted to mention, again, because, you know, history is important. Um, we, we wear, uh, you know, because we started so, so long ago, we, we were the first organization to suggest that lifestyle could impact brain function, which to us right now makes sense. Just like, you know, we know that lifestyle helps with heart you know, cardiovascular issues and heart disease. And so, um, but at the time, this was, again, you know, very new. Um, so our our um, holistic program it's call, is called the four pillars, we call it the four pillars of Alzheimer's prevention. So mm-hmm. the first pillar is diet and supplements. The second is stress management. The third is physical and mental exercise. And the fourth is uh, pharmaceuticals or prescription medications because it is a medical program. And so, you know, we do believe that for some people in certain cases, medication is um, definitely indicated. Um, So regarding diet and supplements, let's go a little bit in depth about each one of them. Mm -hmm. Um, Diet and supplements as I mentioned before, you know, about cardiovascular disease, um, we know that uh, what works for the heart works for the head. So um, the main thing that works for the heart is a low-fat diet. We all know um, about, you know, managing your cholesterol, um, your blood pressure. So these same risk factors apply for the brain because we're, it's in the same body, right? I'm not a medical person, but to me it makes sense. If we have an issue in one organ, it's going to reflect in other organs as well. So it's going to have an impact. So um, the the diet that we advocate is 20% fat, um, most of which, if possible, should come from good sources like um, Extra virgin olive oil, avocado, uh, omega-3s from fish as your fat source. Um, 40% lean protein, so um, preferably that would include fish, chicken, turkey, and soy for those that are vegetarians. Mm -hmm. Uh, 40% of complex carbohydrates, 
so that would preferably again um come from fresh vegetables, fresh fruit, legumes, whole grains. Okay. And then and then your diet should also include superfoods for the brain, what we call superfoods. There are the very highly concentrated um antioxidants in certain fruits and vegetables. And so for fruits, the best fruit is blueberries. And for um, vegetables, the best one is spinach or any green leafy, dark green leafy vegetables that have been proven, shown, and researched to be very rich in antioxidants. And then we also, as part of the first pillar of diet, uh, we also advocate the use of supplements because specifically brain um, brain specific supplements because in our modern world and if someone is already older and if someone already has a problem um, there is a place for more um, concentrated nutrition that is provided in supplements so brain specific supplements um, are vitamin C, ginkgo, also called ginkgo biloba, phosphatidylserine, omega-3 oils, and there are a number of other ones. And by the way, um, if anybody wants any more in-depth information about any of these uh, pillars or, an, or any other information we'll go over, it's all available on our website at www.alzheimer's prevention.org. Okay. So yes. I, I just had a question for you. You know, a sure. lot of people ask about like turmeric and coconut oil. What what is what is your stance on on items like that for supplements? Well, turmeric has actually been studied to help um help mental function because again, we believe that it's due to the richness in color. The mm-hmm. just like we see in other vegetables and fruits, that the ones that have the highest um, concentration of antioxidants are the ones that have a really deep color. So, mm-hmm. like blueberries, we discussed, like spinach. Um, so, turmeric also we believe that that's the reason why it's so rich in antioxidants. So, anything that is just like you know, vitamin C, for example, is an antioxidant. Vitamin E um, is also so. Just like those, we want to supply as many antioxidants as possible in our body because the function of the antioxidant is it detoxifies um, the heavy metals and the toxicity of, that is present in the blood and therefore in the cells. So. Um, that's turmeric has been studied. Um, as far as coconut oil, um, our stance is it probably, I mean, I'm sure it doesn't hurt. It, I know it's a lighter source of fat, and it's more easily, uh, it doesn't have cholesterol, and it's easily absorbed. Um, in terms of the benefits on the brain, I haven't really seen that much um, scientific evidence, um, but I would say for sure it's a good alternative to butter just because, I mean, I know we all love butter, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but, um, you know, it does have high fat content. 
and high cholesterol specifically. So um, coconut oil is a good. I use it sometimes, and um, the flavor is you can't really taste any special flavor. So um, you can use it for baking. You can use it for stir frying. Um, so, but in terms of scientific evidence, I think there's still um, not not that much scientific evidence out there. Okay. Jury's still out on that one, huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know that, that you know, I was I was talking to somebody um last week and I think he had a good point and this person said, you know, we're all looking for the magic bullet. And yep. um you know, sometimes now it could be the coconut oil, it could be the turmeric, it could be a certain medication. Whatever it is, we have to realize it's not a, a magic bullet approach because the brain is so complex, the body is also very, very complex. And so um, once there is that type of problem or a concern, um, you, it really requires a multi, you know, a multifactorial approach. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, Whatever you can do, you know, whatever improvement you can make in your lifestyle, in your diet, in your stress level, your exercise, it all being social, being interactive, it all go, it's all going to affect your well-being and your brain's health. Wonderful. Well, and I, I do have to really congratulate you guys on your anniversary and being the first to really say that lifestyle is important because... Uh, you know, it's just such a critical, critical piece of this disease, and it's one of the areas that I I personally get a little frustrated with because I think with um, so much of the disease can be changed depending on how we approach things and in what type of life we lead and how we interact with one another uh, can make a big difference in terms of the reactions um, that... You know that are really um, truly in effect, and you know we're we're doing a lot of research for medications to get rid of a lot of behaviors that can be approached in different lights um, without without medications, in my opinion. And I think being able to teach people how to well, like I always say, live with the disease, not as it, um, and to come to peace with it, and realize that there are aspects that that you can control. There's other things that we cannot. Um, but it's a it's a beautiful piece. Um and I, I think I thank you guys so much for, you know, sticking with it and believing believing thank in you. that and um you know doing all that you've done over the years. You have an awful lot to celebrate and be proud of. Oh thank you so much, Lori. Thank you. I really appreciate it. <laughs> yes. Um I is it all right if I keep going with our yeah, holistic please, program, please. the remaining pillars? Um, so please. pillar number two is about stress, stress management. And, again, this was something that was largely overlooked um, years ago. And I have to tell you um, a little story. I go and give presentations um, at different retirement communities and assisted living facilities here in Tucson, Arizona. And, um, 
you know, I drive, sometimes I have to drive 40 minutes across town and, you know, I have my boxes and handouts and things and I come in and I set up and then um, that's a sort of stressful experience sometimes, you know. Sometimes it's 110 degrees outside and it doesn't help. And so I go in and I start the presentation and after a while I'll say, you know, um, I'll talk about stress and and I try to, you know, I, I want to be interactive and I say, well, anyone that has stress, please raise your hand. And lo and behold, just about everyone in the audience raises their hand. Mm-hmm. And I am always so amazed because I think, wait, how could it be that, you know, someone who lives um, in an assisted living community or in a retirement community, they have you know, just about everything done for them. And mm-hmm. how could these people have stress, you know? And I look mm-hmm. at maybe there's an 85-year-old lady sitting there and she has her hand up. And I and I say, well, would you mind sharing with all of us, you know, what's, what's stress? What is stressful for you? And I always learn so much. And I learn specifically that everyone has stress. It doesn't matter if you're... For you know, young. If we're in the workforce, um, we have aging parents. We have children we're taking care of. We have financial responsibilities. We have um, you know the economy. We're concerned about our mortgage. We're concerned about our health. Uh, we're caregiving for someone. We all have stress. And so the bottom line. you know, ARPF advocates is you really cannot overlook your stress level. You need to manage your stress because stress releases um, cortisol in your body and cortisol is actually directly responsible for damaging and in some cases killing your brain cells. Mm -hmm. And so um, we just can't overlook this, you know, in our day and age and it seems that we all have more going on um, social media is great, like you mentioned. You know, it's a great source of information, but it, it can also be, a, whether we recognize it or not, can be a source of stress. And TV, you know, it puts us in touch with everything that is going wrong around the world at the same time. Um, so there's a lot of positives in our lifestyle, but if we cannot manage them, um we're just exposed to so much, and we basically don't have the tools. We haven't really developed tools to face so much information. Mm-hmm. So, um, so what? What? How do you manage your stress? Well, a lot of us, you know, many of us have not been told about this, and we're not really sure how to do it. So, there are many different ways you can manage your stress. Um, There are stress relaxation techniques um, like visualization, prayer, even massage is a technique, um, yoga, tai chi, um, and meditation. So um, being that, um, you know, there are are all these different modalities out there, uh, us, the Alzheimer's Research and Prevention Foundation, we decided to study uh, a specific meditation technique based on uh, yoga, 
meditation. And it's a simple 12-minute technique. And um, we've actually found some remarkable positive results. And we can go in depth about this um, a little later. I don't want to sidetrack too much. Um, okay. The third pillar is exercise. So physical and mental exercise are crucial to our body well-being and our brain health. And so um, I think most of us know the importance of uh, physical exercise. The AARP bulletin for this month has a long article on exercise as the number one way to keep your brain healthy as we age. Um, Brain exercise um, or mental exercise is also extremely important as you know you've been you've been talking to you know other experts and um Max Wallach who distributes uh, puzzles to remember um mm-hmm. is also a proponent of of course uh, mental exercise um so anything that you can do to keep your mind alert um helps so whether it's reading um going to a show and then talking about it um, or crossword puzzles, of course, uh, jigsaw puzzles. Let's see, what else? Um, oh, I wanted to mention that we have a brochure called Brain Aerobics, um, and um, it's full with really innovative and simple exercises that don't require a computer program, um, simple things that you can do on your own at home just to give you ideas of, how you can exercise your brain. Like, for example, um, read upside down. Take a paper or a magazine and start reading upside down, and you'll see that you'll be able to read and you'll understand what it says, although maybe, you know, it seems like it's impossible. So your brain has that capacity to adapt and, in fact, loves the challenge. And um, under mental exercise, I, I did just mention it, but uh, yes, there are computer programs that are also becoming very popular uh, that exercise your brain. So that's also something to consider. And the fourth uh, pillar is prescription medications. And um, I mentioned I am not a medical person, so I can't really give any in-depth information about this topic, and I suggest everyone talk to their doctor and evaluate carefully what is uh, the you know the best approach for them and you know what is indicated what it, what what are the side effects what works what doesn't work and so uh, but that that is an overview of our um holistic program for the prevention we call it the alzheimer's prevent the four pillars of alzheimer's prevention Okay. Well, that was when you were talking, and it was funny, you had mentioned about reading upside down, and I thought, I've never tried that, and I did, and I was like, I'm amazed I can do that. I never, it took took me a little bit to adjust, (laughs) but it was like, oh, you know, I mean, again, that's something that doesn't cost anybody any money um, to do, and it's not a program you have to go buy, just pick something up that's already in your house or your office, and, you know, Give your give your brain a little a little run there, so. and it's actually kind of fun. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. actually kind of fun, yeah. Yeah. So, and I'm glad you mentioned Max. He just does such a wonderful job with his um, 
with his puzzles and sharing sharing those. Uh, he had sent some out to our our memory cafe, and he's just been such a generous generous young man in, in all that he's doing in his new book out. That uh, why did Grandma put her underwear in the refrigerator? Is just a wonderful wonderful children's book that helps explain explain. Yes, agency. absolutely, absolutely. I yeah. think it's I think it's um, a great contribution to you know our our households because in every family there is a need to explain this disease and so um so yes he did a great job he's a wonderful yeah. young man well and i think so many times when we teach our children um we teach ourselves because we're not always congruent with what we say and what we do and yes. our kids remi- our kids remind us of that. Now, I do want to mention there's a couple of uh, callers on the line, and I just want to um, double-check. If you don't mind, I'd like to just pull them in. They've pushed one, so it looks like they've got a question sure. for us. Okay, so I'm going to pull in somebody from a 215 number. 215, you're live. If you wouldn't mind stating your name and posing your question or comment. Hi, my name is uh, Michael, and uh, I have a question for your guest there. In reference to brain health and, I guess, lifestyle changes, I'm living with dementia, and I I hear that so often, and I'm just wondering if you could clarify this for me. In my feeling is we all benefit from doing those things, not just specifically those folks who are living with the disease. And I, I think a lot of people are looking at the people who are living with the disease that are part of the problem is the reason that they are having the difficulties is because they're not doing those lifestyle changes. So could you expand on that a little bit further? Sure. Um, I absolutely agree with you. This, these um, programs are um, really a lifestyle improve, improvement, maintaining um, for all of us. And um, I am I I'm 50, and I started this program about 10 years ago. Um, so I think it's never too early to start, and it's never too late. Um, I think that when someone is healthier and not necessarily having a you know memory or cognitive issue, they should start their own brain fitness program and I think if someone um, has uh, an issue you know a cognitive difficulty or a disease um, they should continue with this program as a way to prevent uh, or slow down the progression or prevent further deterioration so um, yeah that's our approach you're perfectly right okay great thank you very much thank you very much for the call Thanks, Michael. I'm going to go ahead and uh, check with our next caller. It's from a 250 number. 250, you're live. If you wouldn't mind stating your name and uh, asking your question. Uh, Hello, Lori. This is Daniel Potts in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. How are you? Well, good. Thanks for calling in. I haven't talked to you for a while, so it's wonderful to hear your voice. (laughs) It's a pleasure to it's a pleasure to listen to your show, and uh, I, I just wanted to I just have a statement. I want to commend you for um, and your guests for uh, for the topics that you're discussing today. I think these are so important. I think uh, healthcare providers like I am need to hear uh, what you've had to say today. Not all of us are 
uh, as on board as we should be with this, but but we I think we should be because there certainly is evidence that your guests have outlined that the supportive milieu for brain health that 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 we can cook up here is so important, and uh, um, I, I just commend you for that. We need to get the message out because there are things we can do to prevent, and uh, research is key for a cure. Yes, but we also can live better with the disease and support caregivers better with this information. So thank you very much. Well, great. Well, thank you for all your statement. Thank you. Absolutely, we're we're all together in this and and trying to make life as you know as as good as we can for folks. So, thanks a lot. Well, Danielle, well, uh, do, you you. Ha- do, do you have a new project at all that you you know want to take a, a minute on and just tell us about? Because you're always doing something. Absolutely. Well, we we do. I'll just briefly tell you some things that we're doing. One thing is that we've got a middle school initiative uh, for. Uh, to raise Alzheimer's awareness and to also teach students about memoir and life story. It's called Let Me Be Your Memory. And uh, we be watching, I'll put out in social media, we're, we're going to have a fundraising uh, uh, Rocket Hub site that we set out so that we can teach middle school students about uh, honoring their elders uh, with life stories and learn a little bit about Alzheimer's disease in the process. So we hope to be able to take that nationally if we if we can raise the money for it. More on that later. Oh, exciting, exciting. Exciting. Well, what a yes. worthwhile project. Well, thank well, you, and thank you for what you are doing in, in, in terms of prevention, uh, Kirti. It's very, very important. So it's an honor to uh, hear what you're, what you're about and what your organization is doing. Thank you very much, Daniel. I appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Okay. We'll thank you, Lori. Them. Yep, thanks right, for calling thanks. in. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Um, well, that was nice to hear. It's always, nice to hear from our, always nice to hear from our, our listeners and what an exciting project he is doing. Um, Curtie, do you want to tell us a little bit about um, yoga and meditation and um, how you kind of spearheaded uh, an innovative research around that? Yes. Sure. I'll be happy to. Um so we um, took a, a, a particular form of um, yoga meditation technique that is 12 minutes long, and it's called Kirtan Kriya. Um, and we've done now about six or seven research projects on that, on uh, from re- regular folks to people that were diagnosed with um, early Alzheimer's disease, um, people with MCI, that stands for mild cognitive impairment. Um, In a nutshell, what we have discovered um, is that by practicing this technique, um, that, that this technique has profound effects on not only your brain and memory, but also on your mood, energy, on your genes, on your immune system, on your sleep, your overall health, and your psychological and spiritual well-being. So um, we're very encouraged uh, by this, you know, by the results of this uh, research. And um, I want to point out that, you know, we're a small nonprofit. Everything that, you know, we can invest in research is what we collect from our donations. So at this point, we're um, pretty much only able to fund pilot projects, which means 
um, 20 to 30 to, you know, 40, uh, sometimes in some cases 50 subjects. So th- these are not, you know, very extensive, extensive um, research projects that would require millions and millions of dollars. But still, they're significant um significant research and especially significant results. So um, we are now currently um, involved in a project with UCLA, Department of Psychiatry, um, and also the University of West Virginia, Department of Public Health. So we have almost a two-site project going on on um, studying this yoga meditation technique um, with on uh, people diagnosed with MCI in a residential setting. So that means they it's either going to be a um, assisted living community or a retirement community. So we have people going there and teaching it, and then um, we'll know we'll have the results um, probably sometime next year. We're also sponsoring. Uh, a study here at University of Arizona, U of A, um, on uh, balance. And uh, we'll have two interventions. One is balance training, and uh, the other one is going to be this yoga meditation technique. Um, And uh, we're also um, at present sponsoring a a genetic, uh, some kind of uh, very um, innovative genetic testing on uh, the population, 1,200 subjects that are part of the finger study uh, that is taking place in Finland. It's the largest prevention study ever done on um, on, uh, in, uh, on individuals at risk for developing Alzheimer's disease with a li- li- different lifestyle modalities. It's, it's a finger um, in their language, it stands for Finnish Interventional Geriatric Study for the um, Prevention of Cognitive Disabilities. So these are the research studies we're involved in at the moment, and um, so for which we'll have re- you know results sometime ne- sometime next year. We're very excited to do that, and um, uh, you know very lucky to be able to you know receive donations and being able to fund this, um, you know, prevention and lifestyle-based research projects. Wonderful. Well, that's exciting. I I just, you know, I think it's, uh, I love hearing about studies like this that are, um, you know, small or large, it doesn't make any difference, but um, I, I, I love the idea of, the meditation and um, I, I think the visualization, I think there's so much that can be done to help people find that calmness and that peacefulness and remove anxiety and, and get clarity in terms of their life and, you know, what what do they want in it or what don't they want in it. Now, the, um, the Kirtan Kriya, is that, does that name stand for anything for that particular um Form of, of yoga meditation. Um, well, kirtan uh, means song, mm-hmm. and kriya means set or exercise. So it means okay. it's, an, it's a singing exercise. Uh, the okay. particular words uh, um, in the you, there is a mantra that you sing during the exercise. It's uh, the mantra is sa ta na ma. 
and um, those words mean uh, my true identity, come from the mantra Sat Nam, which means my true identity. So it's a universal, it's not a religious practice, it's sort of a universal wisdom um, that, you know, you that you basically sink to. Um, so, but Kirtan Kriya means singing exercise. Okay. Would you would yeah. you be able to or would you feel comfortable just singing that mantra for us a couple of times, giving us a couple of... <laughs> sure. I am not the singer, but... Uh, <laughs> so I'll, full disclosure, but the mantra goes like this... Um, <laughs> Um, and actually, before I do that, I wanted to mention um, it, the, the mantra is a, the meditation is available on our website alzheimersprevention.org. Um, we ask for a small donation in exchange. It's uh, available both in a CD form as a and also as a downloadable file. And um, and the instructions are also on the um, are on the website. Um, but um, if you wanted, if someone wanted to take them down, you would sing um, two minutes out loud, two minutes in a whisper, four minutes silently, two minutes out in a whisper, and two minutes out loud. So it's a cycle, and so the total is 12 minutes. And then every time you you sing um, the, the syllables, you would touch your fingers. So at sa, you touch your index finger. At ta. You touch your middle finger at na, you touch your ring finger at ma, you touch your pinky, and you always go in that direction. You don't go backwards. Okay. And then uh, the last item uh, that you want to add, once you're familiar with the other routine of the singing and the touching fingers, is a focus of concentration, and it calls for a L shape form of concentration, meaning that you would visualize the sound coming in the top of your head and out the middle of your forehead, uh, which is also called the third eye. So going in the top of your head, out the third eye, every time you touch your finger and you chant every single syllable. So it's a little bit complex, but it's it sounds more complicated than it actually is. Um, but the the sound goes like this. You take a deep breath. Satanama, Satanama. Then you go into the routine of the two minutes, you know, mm-hmm. out loud, two minutes in a whisper, and and so on. So that's the that's the yoga meditation technique. Okay, wonderful. <laughs> and and your your voice was lovely. That was great. That was great. I I was just going to say, did I sing in tune or out of tune? <laughs> no, no, no. It was it was great. I've done some mantras to that effect before, and it's amazing um, what it does to your body. I mean, you can't even put it into words. So I really encourage people just to sit and um, you know, kind of roll with your fingers. Um, those touch points as you as you do that, I think I think you'll find some amazing results in terms of doing that. Definitely go to go to their website, uh, the Alzheimer's Research and Prevention Foundation website, to you know get that download or order that CD. I, I just I'm a big believer in meditation, and I I I also believe in yoga, though I haven't been doing it. I I did it for a while, and then I I quit, and I need to I need to get back and. <laughs> 
stretch you took the that break. Body. You didn't quit. You took a break. Yep, yep, yep. And I, I really <laughs> do need to get back because, boy, you can just feel the difference, you know, in your body. And, um, you know, that's a that's powerful, powerful stuff that, you know, we think we're we're too busy to take care of ourselves. And we really need to work that in. That's something I wish um, growing up, I wish that was something my family would have taught me. But, you know, we we didn't have that type of routine. And I know that I, I still haven't taught that well to my daughter in terms of taking care of, of oneself and how critically important that is. I've I'm still uh, still beating the wrath of taking care of everyone else and <laughs> and getting things in in perspective. Um, I've kind of switched my switched my models, but I think it's so so important for us to talk about and then to practice as well. So uh, again, you're, you guys are doing some really really neat neat things. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about how you're planning on celebrating your 20th anniversary and what you've got uh what you've got coming up in the plans to com- commemorate that? Yes, of course. So this is the the most exciting news so to speak. Everything is exciting. But um so we've um throughout the year we've been offering um special um free teleseminars and contests and with uh, prizes and giveaways. Um, and of course, we've had a number of presentations across the country and events we've participated in. Um, so, again, the up-to-date schedule is on the website, alzheimersprevention.org. Uh, but the greatest uh, and the, you know, the most exciting celebration is going to be um, on Thursday, November 7th. Uh, we're hosting a free webinar um, with uh, fantastic speakers, one of which is Lori. I'm so delighted to, you know, announce this on your show, Lori. Um, uh-huh. And um, the next, um, our keynote speaker, I should say, our keynote speaker is uh, actress uh, Mariel Hemingway who is um, also an important health advocate and um, very much involved in natural health and healing. And, uh, um, of course, the the granddaughter of famed uh, and illustrious uh, writer Ernest Hemingway. And so she will be joining us as well. And uh, our own um, medical director and president, Dr. Kalsa, who will be speaking about... uh, our research and the latest developments in the lifestyle approach to the prevention um, of the disease. So we're very much looking forward to this event, and um, there will be more more information posted uh, soon. Um, if you don't have time to come and look at the website every once in a while for the latest news, you can always subscribe to our newsletter by going to the website, and uh, you can subscribe there, and we'll be sending you updates um, with the exact time and um, various prizes. We're preparing a, a gala a webinar, a, a gala webinar. So um, please join us. Uh, we're very excited about this, and I know that Lori um, will be a great, great addition to this program. And we're very excited to have you, Lori. Yeah, I'm. I'm 
thrilled to be to be working with you. I think it'll be a lot of fun and great information and um, just uplifting. I think it'll be a lot about hope and promise and what people can do and how they can work together. And um, and again, get some free prizes. But sign up for their newsletter and um, you know go to the site uh, it, again. There's lots of great information there. Um, you definitely will not be disappointed. And come and celebrate with us. Uh, there, there are 20 years of, of service to humanity, and hopefully there'll be uh, another 20-plus moving forward <laughs> in terms of all the yes. shifting and shifting and changes. I mean, you think of even probably when you guys started the organization, you know, being the first really in that space to talk about lifestyle and and things and how far it's come um what 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 do you think it's going to look like in another 20 years like it's um it's exciting to uh, to imagine the changes yes. that will be made yes. yes 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 very exciting and we're you know we're moving forward and and uh people believe in this and um just like Daniel, you know, called in, and um, we're we're very we're very honored to be able to do this work on behalf of all the people that you know that are at risk, and all the people that even you know may not even have the disease, but they just want to stay they want to stay healthier, they want to have a, a fit brain and a sharp mind as you know as we all grow older, so. We're very honored to be to be do, doing this work. Wonderful. Well, Kearney, what's the best uh, best way for them to get a hold of you through AlzheimersPrevention dot org? Is that just go directly to the website? You can go to the website. You can subscribe to the newsletter. Um, you can also email us at info at AlzheimersPrevention dot org. And um, you know, I will get the email if you have specific questions. We'll be happy to answer them, as, you know, as best as we can. Okay. And then for for yeah. those that don't do the internet, because sometimes we get people who just call in and listen to the show that way and aren't online, you can always call their number too, which is eight 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 nine zero eight five seven six six. Again, that's eight 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 nine zero eight. Five seven six six, and they would they would love to hear from you. Well, Curdy, yes, thank course. you so much for being with us on the show. I really I really appreciate all that you that you offered us, and I and I really hope that uh, people go and sign up for your newsletter, and also um, you know start doing that mantra, the Sata Na Ma, and don't forget to do the touch points with that as well. Um, Get the get the directions. Make a donation if you're able to, and um, you know, come join the team. Come, come work exactly. with Alzheimer's research and and prevention, and yes. uh, be part of be part of the change. Be part of our community at large. Yes, it it takes okay. all of us to make a difference. Yep, that it does. Well, listen, you have a wonderful week, and I'm sure we'll talk soon as we plan for this wonderful webinar. And, yes. um, again, thank you so much for all you do, Curdy. Thank you, Lori, for this great show. Uh, it was a pleasure, and uh, good luck with you all. Your very, very good work. Okay, bye now. Bye-bye. Um, have a great day.
You too. In closing up the show, I just want to invite you to join us with the Dementia Chats today. Um, That will be at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. That's noon Pacific. And um, you can go to alzheimerspeaks.com, go to the About page, and then just go down to the Dementia Chats, and you'll be able to find how to enter the show. Um, Again, if you're looking for an association in your area, go to Alzheimer's Disease uh, International and uh, you'll be able to find an association closest to you. Um, And don't forget the Purple Angel Project. If you're ready to build awareness, you can do that as an individual or a company. Uh, Check out the Purple Angel Project. I am really looking forward to our, our upcoming venues here and again want to thank our our special guest today, Trish uh Vradenberg with Us Against Alzheimer's, Jim Creasy with Jiminy Wicket, and Curti uh Kalsa with the Alzheimer's Research and Prevention Foundation. Have a great day. Bye now. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey everybody, Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire, become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.